This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey, everyone. As mentioned on the Daily Financial News, we start off strong each and every Monday with Mr. Greg Dickerson. How are you doing, sir? Doing great, Michael. Good to see you. Nice to see you as well. We have some interesting topics to discuss today. And the first one is going to be something we missed last week because I think all the proposals came out kind of midweek. And that is, there's a lot of potential tax changes coming, right? I think real estate investors need to be ready for a loss of some of the goodies. And let's just talk about them quickly. And then we'll we'll figure out which one might concern you the most. Loss of stepped up basis, 1031 exchange being eliminated or greatly reduced or banded. uh, And then a significant rise in capital gains taxes. So I'm sure you've heard about them. Does any of them make you more concerned than others or anything like that? You know, all of them. So, uh, you know, the 1031 exchange, uh, eliminating that is very interesting. And it'll be interesting to see how that affects, you know, transactional volume. Um, you, you know, I talk to people all the time, talk to a guy last week that's looking to do a tax exchange. And he's like, you know, if I can't find anything, I'll just, I'll just pay the tax and move on because, hmm. Um, oftentimes people can be forced into making poor, poor decisions with a uh, tax exchange just to avoid tax. Yeah. Um, I've seen people overpay and, you know, just to kind of shelter it. And I gave him some ideas on, you know, how he could do something temporary to kind of, you know, kick the can down the road, not overpay, like buy short term, um, you know, vacation property, something like that, and just kind of park your money there for a little while and then sell that later and move into something else. But, you know, that's a big one that could really affect. Um, real estate transactions, you know, might force people to hold on a little longer instead of selling. Yeah. You know, the other one that's really interesting is the, um, you know, lifetime capital gain exclusion, talking about getting rid of that. So you can't sell your primary residence mm. after two years and avoid capital gains up to that, you know, 250 threshold and 500,000 threshold. Yeah. Um, you know, talking about potentially eliminating, um, uh, the ability to, uh, you know, take accelerated depreciation, you know, cost segregation. I mean, there's so many things on the table. And that's the problem is that it's all speculative. It's all proposal. There's really nothing concrete in writing. Mm-hmm. So you really can't do anything other than wait to see what comes out. But um, corporate tax rates, that could be, you know, I mean, obviously, it's it's going to be punitive to businesses, but it's not much more than, you know, what we're looking at right now, depending on how far it goes. If they go up to 40%, that's a big deal, mm-hmm. you know, versus going from, you know, where we're at now to you know, what, 28 or 29%. Yeah. So I've done a little bit of research because again, I, you know, headline numbers, fear mongering is not where I want to be. Uh, I think if you understand, I, I think there's a couple of things. The first thing, I don't really listen to people, what people say. I listen to what people do, right? Because I think they don't always line up. I think it's very clear that this inter- this administration is targeting real estate. Now they're they're trying to be slick about it. They're trying to target the big boys, right? They they would love to go after Blackstone and American Homes and, and these deep pocket investors who have profited from the last crash and, and all of those things, right? So I think everything they're trying to do is is target them. Uh, I do think there will be some 
some innocence, you know, kind of caught up in the wash, right? Because mm-hmm. of what's been going on. So I, th- I think that's, I think that's coming. What, what does that mean? I don't know. Cause you're right. It's all a proposal <laughs> and there's a negotiation, but if I was, you know, if I was a, uh, you know, a hedge fund or someone who had a, a pool of capital and, and, and it was value add stuff that you tried to get into and out of every three or four or five years, you're going to have to look at your business model because you yeah. probably were dependent on 1031 exchanges in your business model, right? Why give up 30% to the IRS if you don't have to, right? So uh, I think there would be some business model changes going forward. And then I did collect some numbers because again, I'm thinking about mom and pop investors. It looks like between 2016, I'm looking at my notes here, between 2016 and 2019, 12% of real estate transactions involved a 1031, either on the buy or the sell. That's actually a little mm-hmm. more than I expected, but yeah. So it, it's it's far more prevalent than I thought, right? 12%. Uh, and then according to NAR, National Association of Realtors, so like all things, I think their numbers are biased, but again, it's all I have. They're saying that 84% of that 12%, right? If you can do the daisy chain of math, involved a small investor. Mm-hmm. What you know, They didn't define small, but I'm going to guess mom and pop. So again, the 1031 exchange is a lot more prevalent for you know, mom and pop investors. I've used it a dozen times probably, maybe mm-hmm. 10, maybe 10 or 12 times um, over the years. So it's I think it's used a lot more than people think is what I'm getting. Yeah. At. Yeah. And like I said, it'll keep people from probably from selling more people will hold property versus sell. So it will, uh, it will definitely affect transactional volume. It'll definitely affect, you know, in real estate investments in general, um, you know, to the extent, you know, and what degree we don't know yet. Like you said, it's just, it's just hard to say, <clears throat> you know, what the real effects are going to be, but you know, the interesting thing is, so I, you know, I'm, I'm all for infrastructure. Okay. We, you know, we've, mm-hmm. we haven't, invested a significant amount of money into roads, bridges, utility grids, you know, things like that, wastewater in a lot of areas, water treatment plants, just, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many things we need to invest in from a national standpoint, from an infrastructure, national infra- infrastructure standpoint. So I get that. Now here's my thing. Why tax people to pay for it? Just print the money nah. like you're doing with Wall Street. You know what I mean? Just yeah. print bonds and let the treasury buy them or, you know, let the treasury print bonds, let the Fed buy them and pay for it that way. Yeah. You know, I mean, if we're going to go down the path of modern monetary theory, then let's really put it to work where it's needed, <laughs> yeah. not in the hands of speculators on Wall Street and the investment bankers. Yeah. You know, these guys are all buddies. You know, Jay Powell comes from the investment banking world mm-hmm. and, you know, he's just hooking up his buddies with with all this stuff and free money. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So and that's why that, you know, Biden wants to go after the big banks, you know, the, the big investment funds and tax them exponentially more than the average corporation. The problem is, again, good intentions, bad consequences. So when you just generally raise corporate tax rates, it's not going to affect just the top income earners. It's going to affect all businesses. Mm -hmm. And the problem is with something like that, you know, you've got to really target it because I, you know, I'm I'm okay with certain, you know, companies paying a little bit more in tax or paying more transactional taxes that are getting the free money to to transact. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you're talking about small business that gets penalized with corporate tax rates increasing, it stymies growth. That stymies job creation, you know, things like that. So, yeah. you know, if we're talking about we need to create jobs, we need to stimulate the economy, we need to get people back to work. Um, you know, once restrictions are lifted and you know the support of unemployment goes away, uh, and people are more incentivized to go back to work, yeah. then just print the money, pay for the infrastructure, get it done, 
And, uh, you know, leave people alone with taxes right now because it's counterproductive to raise taxes on smaller businesses. And it will ultimately affect the smaller businesses because a lot of them are suppliers to the bigger companies. Yeah. So let me put a pin in the 1031 because I want to go there on mm-hmm. the capital or the capital gains tax next or corporate yeah. tax. So the last thing on the 1031 you were saying that I just wanted to agree with in a, in a wrap up is it's going to slow transactions, right? It may mm-hmm. have a momentary blip, like you may get a few people listing this year because they want to take care of the, their last 1031 exchange. Uh, but yeah, it was, I mean, I'll tell you this much, right? I, let's just say I bought 40 homes in 2010. Uh, that's not the number, but let's just say that's the number. And my plan all along, and I've been telling people on this channel, my plans in t- 2023 or 24 was to 1031 out of those 40 homes into small apartments. Cause I saw mm-hmm. a, uh, I, I see multifamily coming, coming back to earth in a few years. You take, you take away the 1031 in four years. You know what I'll do? I'll just keep the homes. They, mm-hmm. they, rent, they cash flow. They rent just fine. Uh, and what that means is there's 40 homes not available for first time home buyers in two or three years. I'm just going to keep them. That's what it You means. know, the interesting thing about all this too is, will they propose that all of these changes are retroactive, meaning going back to January 1? So Ooh. if it gets, you know, oh. past this year, it doesn't start 2022, yeah. right. starts in 2021. So, I mean, there's going to be a big battle because what a lot of people may or may not realize about taxes in the tax code, it's power. That's how politicians give favors to corporations and to, you know, investors and to big business is through the tax code and through tax breaks and loopholes. So there's gonna be a huge fight over all of this. And really at the end of the day, you know, and I've said it for years, you know, the, the, the solutions are just get rid of the tax code in general, mm-hmm. you know, let everybody pay that point of sale, you know, have a general, you know, consumption tax that's paid at point of sale. And, you know, it's just a flat tax rate that every, then anybody who's undocumented, illegal, um, whatever you want to call it, working under the table, nobody escapes. And the more wealthier you are, the more money you're going to spend. Uh, and you're going to spend more tax dollars mm-hmm. in that regard. So then nobody gets out of it, yeah. you know, but for people watching, there are some things coming down the pipe. They're going to fund more uh, IRS audits. Yeah. So they're going to increase the capacity and ability to do audits. Yeah, they're they going to start auditing bank accounts. So I banks will have that. to report so you won't be able to hide because you yeah. gotta, you, you know, you gotta keep your money somewhere. So this is where cryptocurrency and blockchain comes into play, where a lot of people could potentially, um, you know, put assets there, put cash there, and kind of avoid the, the banking system. Which that you know, maybe that's another video we could talk about is what's the real effects of blockchain and crypto on the banking system, credit cards, and you know, from a tax situation. But mm-hmm. the real big things coming down the pike are more audits. Generally, it's going to be higher income earners. They're going to go after the ones that they oh, don't yeah. have the resources to go after. A lot of after. skin on the, they're going to look for skin on the bone. They're, going, they're not going to go after a 20K uh, wage earner. Yeah, they're not. yeah, but you know, a lot of people under report and they, mm-hmm. you know, use different bank accounts and stuff. And, you know, when they start auditing your bank accounts, you're not going to be able to hide. So Yeah. You know what? I saw that. I read that over the weekend in one of the articles. Nobody's talking about that, right? They're, they're mm-hmm. going to increase what they can ask for from your bank. I'm like, God mm-hmm. damn. I mean, I just hate that intrusive nature uh, of big business or of government. I, it just, it makes my skin crawl, but we're kind of ro- ro- rolling back to the kind of tax changes. I think there's again, kind of everything has unintended consequences. And I think what's going to happen mm-hmm. for the people that have capital, what I call risk capital, uh, they're going to just change their formulas. And I think, you know, if, if, they're just going to, they're going to invest different or they're going to invest in different locations. 
right? Mm-hmm. Maybe the U.S. is not, you know, friendly to risk capital, and they're going to go elsewhere. Maybe they're going to go to Asia or South America or Africa or who knows, right? When you have risk capital, you don't have to use it here. You can use it elsewhere. And you mm-hmm. know what? Maybe maybe that maybe that comes away. I guess the last question is: They are talking about getting rid of the stepped-up basis or greatly reducing that. Does that mm-hmm. kind of you know, impact any of your decisions or does it scare you a lot? Or it's like, ah, I'm dead. Who cares? <laughs> well, you know, that is concerning for people that want to pass along their wealth to, you know, either their family or to nonprofit organizations, you know, things like that. So yeah, that is a big deal. You know, that will greatly affect the whole, you know, estate planning, wealth planning industry, you know, in terms of, of, you know, their services that they provide and tax planning. So yeah, that's a huge one. And again, you know, some of these things are going to face a lot of pushback and a lot of fighting, you know, over and about, you know, at the end of the day, it's uh, at some point you got, I mean, you just got to stop, you know, let's look at how can we make this fair all the way across the board and, you know, make it more simple all across the board. You know, people spend a lot of money, time, energy, effort in, in, in capital, trying to minimize their tax liability. Legally minimize, legally. Yeah, legally. When all of that resource could be put back into producing and growing and investing. And, you know, that's what creates jobs. That's what spurs the economy and and things like that. You know, not taking 50% of everything somebody makes and everything that they've earned, you know, work for their whole lives to give it to the federal government to spend on whatever they want. Wherever you fall in the political spectrum, Republican, Democrat, liberal, conservative, they all waste your tax dollars. They waste it. It's not efficient. It's not the highest and best use. Mm -hmm. And you have career politicians that have never created a job. Most of them never even worked a real job spending your tax dollars on their little pet projects that, you know, are completely wasteful. And, you know, I've I've been in the military. I was a government contractor. And I've seen it firsthand when I was a government contractor, you know, their budgets expire every year. So they'll go out and spend money on you know, useless items just so that they can get the same amount of money next year, because if they didn't spend their full budget, they wouldn't get it back. Yep. So, I mean, it's ridiculous what goes on and how much waste there is. Our taxes could really be a quarter of what they are if you got rid of all of the waste and put the money where it should be put. National defense, infrastructure, national infrastructure, and welfare, and um, Medicare, and all of that for um, those who can't, not those who won't. Right. You know, that's what needs to happen. So anyways, I'm going to get off my political bandwagon. <laughs> it's, it's both sides. It's everybody. Everybody. It's, yeah. Know, it's, it's a very inefficient, you know, corrupt system that needs to be fixed. Yeah. So I guess what, what I'm saying kind of in this first one is pay attention. I think changes are coming. Will they be what's currently proposed? Probably not. That's the whole give and take. Mm-hmm. If I were to rank them right now, and again, I, maybe, maybe I'll get your ranking, right? I think stepped up basis is most likely to go away or be greatly reduced from like 10.1 million or whatever it is now to a million bucks or something. I mm-hmm. think next is uh, taxes going up. I think that's the next most likely, will it be 39 or 43 or whatever it is? Maybe not, but it'll go up. And then I think the last one is the 1031 exchange. Um, I, th- I, I kind of think that's the order, but I think they all have some changes this year. They do. And the biggest tax we're facing right now, and maybe we can you know, talk about that in another episode, is the liquidity tax. In other ah, words, inflation. Yeah. That's the tax we're all facing and paying for right now. And hyperinflation is on the way. We will use that. Inflation will be topic number three. Thanks, Greg. All right.